It's time to think about the Bible like you never have before. You're tuned into Christian Questions. Join the conversation now on air or online at ChristianQuestions.com and download our app by searching for Christian Questions Radio. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Frank A. Clark once said, Gossip needn't be false to be evil. There's a lot of truth that shouldn't be passed around. Good evening. I'm Rick, and this is not your typical Christian commentary as we look at Bible-related topics from a different perspective. I'm Jonathan, and that different perspective has its basis in three things. Godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, always done in a politically free zone. Folks, thanks for joining us this evening. This is a call-in format. We are caller-friendly, so let's get started. Jonathan, good evening. What's going on? What's happening? What's new? What's exciting? Hey, Rick. (laughs) Our question for this evening is, does gossip really hurt anyone? And our theme text is found in James chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. So, Jonathan, this is about gossip. It's about having ourselves in a position where we are focused on what it is we're supposed to say. Is it ever useful or good, or is it always a waste of time and bad? Have you ever stopped to consider just how much of our present culture not only accepts gossip, but places it in the enviable and important position of being a core and driving value of our everyday existence? Think about just how many publications, TV programs, talk shows, and news items are driven by gossip. Now think about how much of our conversations at our workplace or with our friends revolve around gossip. If you see it, as I do, we are relentlessly inundated with gossip at every turn. So what can we do about it? What should we do about it? How can we reduce the role of gossip in our lives? And what should we replace it with? So, Jonathan, it's all about gossip today. It's all about learning to understand what it is, how it works, and most importantly, how we can get rid of it in our lives. But, Rick, gossip is so juicy. We've got to get into it. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. That's part of it. And that's the problem. That's the problem, my friend. That's the problem. So as we begin, let's be clear on what gossip is uh, and its relationship to slander. Because, you know, when you think about it, gossip, first of all, gossip happens. Gossip is part of our everyday life, whether we like it or not. It's everywhere. It's in almost everything. And so we've got to understand what it is and how to get it to um, be able to be manageable uh, in, in our lives. So gossip and slander, they're similar, but they're also different. So, so Jonathan, let's take a look at, see if we can figure out what, what the difference is between the two. Well, Rick, gossip is idle talk or rumor, especially about the personal or private affairs of others, uh, light, familiar talk or writing. Okay, so it's idle talk or rumor, uh, especially about somebody's personal life. And, and when you think about it, you've got to think about the idea of what idle talk actually means. I mean, idle talk is, is talk that is not productive. 
Rick, it's pointless. Right, and that's a, that's a good way to put it. Uh, it. It's pointless talk. It's the kind of talk that doesn't lead you to anything good, anything positive, anything beneficial. When you know when your car is sitting there in uh, and it's idling, the motor's running, you're burning gas, but you're not going anywhere. <laughs> And that's what gossip ends up being. And, and obviously, right from the start, Jonathan, what we're saying with this program, let, let there be no mistake, gossip stinks. <laughs> that's what we're saying. That's our perspective. Uh, we don't have any middle ground on this because the scriptures are very, very specific about how it works and what we should be doing about it. And we'll, we'll be developing that. So idle talk, the motor's running, but there's no progress. All you're doing is wasting gas uh, is, is really what ends up happening here. So... Just let's go through a couple of synonyms for for gossip, Jonathan. A few a few words that you can use to further explain what gossip is. How about blab? There or, you go. Or dish, or tattle, or wag, <laughs> or or talk. Spill the beans. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're 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 doing a lot of talking but not making any progress. Okay, so that's what gossip is: idle talk or rumor especially about other people. Now, what is slander? Now, this is going to be another dictionary definition. What is slander? And then we'll look at how are they different. The utterance of false charges or misrepresentations which defame and damage another's reputation. Okay, so now you're uttering charges against or misrepresentations of someone, and the end result is to defame and damage that person's reputation. That's much more negative. I, I'd, I'd say, uh, than the word gossip. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It is. There, there's definitely a higher negativity there. And then the second definition is what? A false and defamatory oral statement about a person. Okay, so something that defames somebody else, and it is the spoken word. And I think that's another key: is it gossip, uh, uh, slander rather, uh, also is the spoken word. So, so there's a similarity: gossip and slander are both spoken. So you've got to figure out what makes one different than the other. And, and, and so just by way of observation, by way of getting this whole conversation started, gossip is more along the lines of idle and careless talk. I'm going to be coming back to that thought of careless talk uh, quite a bit throughout the, for, throughout the program. It's the creating or repeating of things that should not be said because either they're not true or they're not the whole story, or because they are no one else's business. And you can't say enough about that last point, about speaking something that is really nobody else's business. So gossip can, and gossip does, happen very easily. And sometimes, Jonathan, gossip can happen unintentionally. It can. And I think if we don't really understand what gossip is and how it works then we aren't going to be able to see how to avoid that unintentional uh, difficulty. So, um, Jonathan, slander. What, give, give us a sense on what slander is. Well, uh, Rick, uh, we got a note that I might not be being heard over the air uh, from, from a few people messaging, just to let you know. All right, well, go, go ahead. I'm hearing you, so let, let's, uh, let's continue. Slander is more on the line with a spoken misrepresentation of someone that has the intention of damaging that person's character, reputation, or record. It is much harder 
though not impossible, to slander someone without intention. Okay, so the difference between gossip and slander. Gossip is your, your car is idling. You're doing a, burning a lot of gas, but you're not going any place. Slander, you're moving, but you're moving in a very bad direction. Your general intention, if somebody is being slanderous, is to bring somebody else down by talking about them or spreading a rumor or making something up or putting something in place that just really should not be there. So, so there's a big difference, and a lot of the difference, I think, comes down to intention. Ah, okay. Okay, now... It, where's your heart, right? right. Yeah, yeah. And, and now, gossip, you can have your heart in the wrong place. But slander, I think... Look, you can slander somebody without intentions, and we'll get into that as we develop the program a little bit. But the idea of just the, the generic perspective of gossip and the generic perspective of slander is gossip is just speaking about other people out of turn. You shouldn't be saying the things you're saying, and you can be speaking things that are not true, and they're not good for the person you're speaking about. Slander is, I'm going to nail this guy by the way I talk about him. And boy, is he going to be sorry he ever crossed me, or ever did what he did, or ever woke up this morning. You know, you, you give a sense that it is overwhelmingly negative and out to cause damage. So, that's where we, where, where we want to be here, in, in our understanding. We'd love to talk to you right now. We're live. Call us at 866-985-FOR-ALL. That's 866-985-4255. Or leave us a comment at ChristianQuestions.com. All right. So, Jonathan, we've talked about gossip. We've talked about slander. Anything else you want to add at this point? Well, I had a question on the gossip. What about if someone brings up something about someone that's trying to help them or defend them, but their issue is no longer current, and you don't realize that. Now, is that gossip or just a mistake? You know, the, I'm thinking of, like, time sensitivity uh, might be a factor where it's non-intentional, but you could be making a mistake or saying something wrong. Well, and, you know, the, the interesting thing about that is if you are staying, saying something wrong, then you are, and if you're saying something wrong to other people, it's gossip. Maybe it's not intentional, but it's still gossip. It's still spreading something that ought not to be spread. And, and that's one of the important things about this, this subject uh, this evening, Jonathan, is gossip can happen even when we don't want it to. Even if we have the best of intentions, it can still happen. And that's and, and when it does, we've got to do something about it. So, and our forgiveness program really helps along those lines. Right. Last week's we, program. Yeah, last week's program. <laughs> yeah. So really, it does come down to uh, putting things uh, in perspective with that. So, so both of these things are spoken of in Scripture, and both of them are never, ever in a positive light. So let's go to Romans uh, chapter 1, verses 28 to 31. This is an example of a Scripture that mentions both gossip and slander. Uh, and, uh, Jonathan, I'm going to stop you a couple times as you read this. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind and to things that should not be done. Okay, so first you've got the sense that there are those who are not trying to follow God's will and God's way, and so God let them go. God, God let them go in a different direction, in a very uh, unprofitable direction, if you will, and here's what the end result of that is. Let's go to verse 29. 
they were filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, craftiness. Okay, let's pause right there for a second. Okay, they were filled with every kind of uh, wickedness. So in other words, because God let them go, their hearts and minds got filled up with evil and covetousness and malice. All of these are things that are on the inside. Okay, and they're, and they're starting to bubble over with what's on the inside. And then what happens is what's on the inside bursts out to something on the outside. So let's continue that verse. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, rebellious towards parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. So they were filled with all of those things, and as a result, they became gossips and uh, slanderers and so forth, and they ended up being incredibly negative in terms of influence toward the rest of the world around them. So that's a great scripture that talks about gossip and slander, both together, it separates the two, gives you a sense of the idleness versus the focused, you know, arrow slinging, if you will. Uh, and, and it goes further. God-haters, insolent, haughty, boastful. I mean, inventors of evil. I, this is, you, you look at this, and gossip is in very bad company in this scripture. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing I good. stay away from this list, Rick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that, that really, really is, is the bottom line here. So, um, all right, so, so James chapter 3. Then you, you read our, our theme scripture was James chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. James chapter 3 is actually a revealer of gossip, how it works and how to stop it. And as we go through James chapter 3, we're going to go through verses 1 through 18. Each segment, we're going to introduce one or two points about what drives gossip. So, Jonathan, what's the first thing or the first situation or circumstance that can actually drive gossip? Well, Rick, gossip can be a defense mechanism. Perhaps you feel inferior to someone, and as comparison arise, you let a little unverified story slip out about them to give others reason for doubt. So gossip can be something you use to defend yourself. Yes. Okay? It can be something that is, um, it, you've got to be understanding of it and, and know what's coming, so to speak. So let's go to James chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we will incur a stricter judgment. For we, are stum for we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Okay, so it's interesting that this is going to be a, a, um, a, a discussion on gossip and, and using the tongue, but it starts with people who are in a position of, of leadership. So, um, Jonathan, what we want to do here is we want to uh, take a call. It looks like we've got Dan from Chicago on the line. Good evening, Dan, and welcome to Christian Questions. Hello, Rick and Jonathan. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Um, well, yeah, this subject is uh, it's a big one with me uh, because of some personal experiences. And it's, I don't know, I think it's a delusion by the adversary because uh, he almost makes us it feel good for us to be gossiping and talking about people, and it's a terrible thing. And uh, we should always remember uh, the Lord's instructions in Matthew eighteen fifteen that if you have a issue with somebody, you're to, you're to go to them alone at first and try to bring it up. But 
even sometimes even people with really good intentions or well-meaning can still be busybodies. Yeah, you're and right. And it's such a trap. It's such a trap, and it's something that any Christian, no matter what your leanings may be, uh, should really, really be on guard against. All right, well, good good point, and that's something we're going to be uh, discussing and, and bringing out further and further throughout the program. So, Dan, thanks so much for the call. We appreciate it. Thank you. Lord bless. You too. So, so Jonathan, as we uh, continue with this conversation, you know, it, it comes down to Dan's point was very well taken. It was a point on just understanding that even when you're well-intentioned, you can get stuck in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, in the clutches of gossip. Let, let's go to a soundbite, Jonathan, from Next Best Time. It's a YouTube uh, channel. Seven Reasons Gossip is uh, a Poison. And so this is going to sort of introduce that and give us the first reason. Here are seven reasons that gossip is pure poison. First, it feeds a false and ugly sense of superiority in our own hearts. One of the main reasons, the thing behind the thing, that causes us to gossip or speak badly behind the back of another person is that it somehow makes us feel a little better about ourselves or our own shortcomings and failed endeavors. We secretly but falsely believe that we're better than that person. And we don't recognize that we've probably done or certainly could do the exact same things that that person's accused of. All right, so the first point, Jonathan, is that gossip, when you gossip about someone else, it gives you a sense of superiority, and that's not a very good thing. It's false and ugly. <laughs> yeah, you're right, false and ugly. Leadership in the body of Christ can be a dangerous and heady thing, and it needs to be a humble thing more than anything else. And that's really what we have to begin to focus ourselves on as we pursue the discussion of this program. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject is, Does Gossip Really Hurt Anyone? Coming up, is gossip an ego thing or is it a weapon? Or could it be both? That's next. listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Welcome back. Our subject for today, Does Gossip Really Hurt Anyone? We're live Monday evening from 8 to 10 Eastern, and that means we're on right now. Join our conversation by calling 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-FOR-ALL. Or you can message us on your app. Christian Questions, a weekly habit that's good for you. Thanks for tuning us in every Monday evening. Join our conversation any day and time at ChristianQuestions.com. Well, Christian Questions might be a weekly habit that's good for you. Gossip is a daily habit that's not good for you. It's not good for you. It's not good for me. It's not good for the person down the street. It's not good for the person being talked about. It's not for the, good for the person talking about them. It's just <laughs> not good. So I don't know how else to say it, but run away, run far away when gossip happens. Uh, Jonathan, we are—we mentioned that we're going to uh, be uh, looking at several ways that gossip finds its energy. What drives gossip? The first point was gossip can be a defense mechanism. You know, it can be something that we use to defend. You know, we talk badly about someone else so that we look better. Okay. Right. Okay. What's what's the next point on that? 
can be feeding one's own ego. You have a need to establish your own importance, so you do so. Not by drawing attention to your own accomplishments, but by creating attention on another's perceived or made Okay, Jonathan, you're breaking up a little bit there um, on the uh, Skype connection. So um, we're going to see if we can reconnect that. Um, and, and so at this point, gossip can be feeding on one's, uh, a feeding of one's own ego. Okay, it can be a sense of things. False or short. Okay, <laughs> hang on, Jonathan. I got I got to reconnect you. So while I'm doing the reconnection with Jonathan here, uh, let's go to another soundbite. This is from again, next best time. Seven reasons gossip is poison, and the second reason of those seven is that gossip sows a distrust. Second, gossip sows distrust amongst your team, family, and friends. When your friends or coworkers hear you tearing someone else down, even when painted with a false sense of care for that individual, it causes others who hear you, to, you know, causes them to wonder what you might be saying about them when they're not around. It's not good. If you value open and trusting relationships, avoid gossip and offhanded talk about others altogether. Okay, so it's pretty simple. Gossip sows distrust. And, and, and Jonathan, if you've ever been gossiped about by somebody, you have that natural sense of, I don't know if I want to be around them anymore. You know, sure. yeah, how, how, could, how could they do that to me kind of a thing? I thought we were friends, and you, know, you go through all of those things. Very, very nasty what gossip can do. So Exactly. And Rick, I've known people that have put awful things about family members on Facebook thinking that that person won't see it, but they do. So evil just spreads. And, you know, it's interesting you bring that up at this point because we live in a society where it's so easy to say things and there is no accountability when you say them because it's really easy to type type it in the comfort of your own home and nobody's around and you hit send or whatever it is you hit and there it goes out to the world and you, there's nothing coming back to you for saying, hey, wait, should I have done that? And now it's too late. Now it's out there and it happens all the time. It just happens all the time. And so Facebook and all, Twitter and all of these tools, while they can be great tools of communication, they can be, they can be tools of, of, of passing poison on about other people one to another. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, how am I using this tool or that tool? And, and, and Jonathan, the interesting thing about our society is Facebook, even though you're not saying it with your, with your voice, it's your words. That's right. And so because they didn't have Facebook and Twitter and Instagram back in the days of the Bible, we're going to put those in the category of the tongue, of the words that we use that can be hurtful to others. So let's go back to James chapter 3, uh, verses 3 to 5. Now, if we put the bits into the horse's mouth so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. So how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. All right, so you've got the, the words of James, and he's using the illustration of the tongue, and he's saying, 
it is a small, small thing, but boy, can it be destructive. And isn't that always the case? Sometimes it's the smallest of things that can cause the biggest problems. And I mean, you know, even in, in your car, you can't start your car because there's, a, there's one wire that's not connected well enough to the distributor cap or something. I mean, tiny yeah. little thing. That's what the tongue is. The warning here, now remember, James started out the chapter by warning those who are in control, those who have responsibility, the shepherds. And now he's talking about the tongue. He's not just leaving them behind. I think he's talking to them first and then to everybody else as well uh, in terms of uh, what the responsibility is to, to avoid the temptation of using words in an improper and, and very negative way. And that reminds me of Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that are ruining the vineyards, while our vineyards are in blossom. And that's a simple little scripture, and you wonder if one of those little foxes can be gossip. One of those little foxes can be loose and creative with information about others that might be a, maybe a stretching of the truth, or something that's entirely true but really shouldn't be spoken of. See, gossip, Jonathan, can be exactly, perfectly, 100% true. It could be 100% honest. But is it proper? Is it something that should be talked about? I mean, look, I know the answer for me. I'm just going to ask you. Do you want every single thing about your person and your character blabbed to everybody, even no if it's 100% true? No way. <laughs> because... Certain things should be kept quiet because they're part of the individual trying to work through the imperfections of our own lives. That's, that's, really, that's really what we want, want to be focusing on here as we look at gossip and how it permeates our lives. We welcome all comments or questions, even if you disagree with us. Give us a call. We're live at 866-985-FOR-ALL. That's 866 985 42.55. All right, so you got to watch out for the little foxes, and maybe gossip is one of those little foxes. And the interesting thing about the little foxes, Jonathan, is they couldn't reach the fruit, so they would gnaw on the vines and they'd kill the vine. And the whole plant would die. Right. So it's not just stealing the fruit. No. It's killing the plant. How and destructive. And, and, you know, really, our words can be that way. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 and 16. 14 through 16, I'm sorry. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness in deceitful scheming. Well, Rick, I see this verse is talking about Christian doctrinal teachings. Right. Now, explain to me how this verse is related to gossip. And that's a good question, because it is talking about um, not being tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, every wind of teaching. But then it goes, it says, but by or by people's trickery or the craftiness and deceitful scheming. And one of the things you've got to ask yourself is when you look at Christian denominations and look at how individuals get into, into, into positions of power, how do they do that? How do they sort of change the belief system of others? They, they introduce a, a belief system, and then perhaps part of that is sort of maybe subtly uh, demeaning the... the, the those who held up the previous belief system. Well, you know, those people weren't really good students anyway. Uh, I mean, did you know what they, 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 they used to do before they were a Christian? Uh, do you know what he does for a living? How is that 
going to be fit in with a Christian lifestyle. It's the idea that you can guide somebody into a belief system by sowing seeds of doubt about people when you have no right to be doing that. So it's not just doctrine. It's how we approach, how we treat, how we deal with, and how we respect or don't respect other individuals. Well, Rick, it's easy to fall prey to those subtle suggestions, isn't it? Yeah, and, and you know... And they may arise especially if those suggestions are in line with the thinking of our baser nature. See, mm. that's the thing about gossip is it really is in line with the, the base nature of humanity. It's like it, it, it drives what inside the, the, the kind of getting back at others and, and, and lifting ourselves up at the expense of others that is very, very natural for most of us. And you've got to fight against that. It's not something that goes away very easily. So how do we do that? Well, let's, um, let's get back to Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, now let's go to verses 15 and 16. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knitted together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. So speak the truth. And, you know, everybody says that, you know, with gossip, well, I am speaking the truth. But how are you supposed to speak the truth? But only in love, Rick. And when you speak the truth in love, it changes what truth should be spoken and when it should be spoken and how, if, if it should be spoken, how it should be spoken. Speak the truth, but only in love. And in so doing, we can grow up from silly little children to mature Christians. And it's interesting that James is talking about, you know, we're going back to the James scripture now. He's talking about the tongue. And this scripture in Ephesians gives you a sense of, look, you've got to grow up. And being a Christian means you're supposed to be more mature than the average human being in terms of interpersonal relationships, in terms of how you present and represent others. We're supposed to be more grown up because we have more to go on. We, Jonathan, as Christians, we don't have an excuse and Rick, we're, we're, to even take it further, to say, make put others uh, in front of us. They're better than us. Yeah. And, and be submissive and take the back seat because that's what we're told to do. And that goes directly against the last point. Gossip can be a feeding of one's own ego. Well, if you put others in front of you and you make them more important, then your ego gets put back where it belongs. So let's, let's go to the next point. What drives gossip? We talked about it can be a feeding of one's own ego. What's next? Gossip can be a passive-aggressive weapon. You may be engaged in a difficult debate. Politics is a good example. And as you're trying to solidify your perspective as being the correct one, you slide a little gossip in as an emotional barb against the opponent. There's a stab. <laughs> That's right. And it, what it does, Jonathan, it's off-subject. It's irrelevant. But what it does is it gets people to listen because it's something personal and something... Uh, maybe a little bit derogatory in a, in a very, very subtle kind of way. Rick, we are trained to think that way, unfortunately. Think about commercials. They do it all the time. Putting down other products, even falsely, yeah. to, to sell their own. Yeah, and you wonder how they can get away with that, but I don't know. That's just the way, just the way it goes. So gossip can be a passive-aggressive weapon, and that's kind of interesting. When you think about it, a passive-aggressive weapon, it's a very, very harmful weapon but it's 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 a passive way of using it and when you're passive aggressive 
that is very, very powerful because it's so subtle. And I would suggest to you that Satan is the captain of passive-aggressive weaponry in terms of how he spoke to, for instance, in the garden. How Mm -hmm. he... Yeah, how he represented things, and he put a little bit of truth in and mixed something else in because he wanted the follower, the, the humankind, to follow him. Very passive-aggressive and entirely destructive. Let's go back to uh, our sound bites from uh, Next Best Time, Seven Reasons Gossip is Poison, and this is point number three, uh, and this is obviously directed specifically toward Christians. Third it harms your personal Christian or spiritual witness. If you're a Christian or someone who has a strong spiritual conviction and you care about others, well, you stand to severely deteriorate the perception of your opinions and values in the eyes of others when you participate in gossip and backbiting. How can someone trust what you say is true about God when they can't trust themselves with you? Oh, boy, that one hurts. <laughs> oh, it does. You know, how can you trust what... Uh, how can somebody trust what you say about God if, if what you're saying about them is damaging and, and maybe a half-truth and out of turn, uh, out of place, and, and, and the kind of thing that should not be said? I, really, gossip is, is, once you get started with it, it, you know what? For me, it would be like chocolate. Once you start eating it, it's hard to stop. <laughs> well, once you start speaking it and once you start hearing it, it gets you going. It does. And you, beca- you become entrenched in a habit that is just simply destructive. So back to James chapter 3, verses, uh, verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by Gehenna. So, I, I mean, you talk about powerful words. Wow. James, now listen, li, li, folks, folks, listen carefully here. James is pinpointing the most volatile and contagious factor in our lives, and that is our tongue. It's our words. That is the most volatile factor in our lives. Our words become the adornment of wrongfulness, and they become a soiling stain upon our very being if we're trying to be Christ-like. And can you imagine trying to be Christ-like and presenting yourself before Christ and you're all dirty from head to toe because of your own words? Uh. That's what gossip does. These, our words can begin a course in our lives that leads directly to our own destruction. Not to mention the damage you do to somebody else. Big time. It, 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 go ahead, I'm sorry. For some reason I thought of... Um Aesop's fable, the boy that cried wolf oh, here. Yeah, that's good. You know, he was just teasing the community by, by false alarms constantly. And then when he really needed help, it was destructive to himself. Right, right. And he never got help. And in the fable, that was the end of him. So let's go back to, let's go back to Matthew chapter 15, verses 11 to 14. And Jesus hammers the idea of improper words and thoughts. It is not what enters into the mouth that defiles the man, but what proceeds out of the mouth that defiles the man. Then the disciple came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were oft offended when they heard this statement? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father did not plant shall be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind, 
And if a blind man guides a blind man, both will fall into a pit. So there's nothing good here. There's nothing good to be found. What we say truly does reveal our thoughts and our actions. What we say reveals our thoughts and our actions. Where are my thoughts and my actions leading me, not to mention others? This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject is, does gossip really hurt anyone? Coming up. So gossip is an ego thing and a weapon. What else is it? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Welcome back. Our subject for today, Does Gossip Really Hurt Anyone? We're live Monday evenings from 8 to 10 Eastern, and that means we're on right now. Join our conversation by calling 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL or... You can message us on your app. Christian Questions, a voice of reason in a world that's lost its way. Keep in touch at ChristianQuestions.com. So, Jonathan, just a, a quick comment that came in from the app. Uh, somebody wrote, and they're pro- quoting Proverbs 11, 12, and 13. It says, A man who lacks judgment derides his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his tongue. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. And a good scripture, uh, we're actually going to get to that scripture, I think, a little, little bit later on in the program. Uh, as we continue with this segment, let's again focus on what drives gossip. The last point of driving gossip was it could be a passive-aggressive weapon. What's next? Gossip can be a deflector of attention. When focus is not where you are comfortable, revealing a dramatic-sounding tidbit about someone else can ease that discomfort. Oh, great. That's just what we want, right? A dramatic-sounding tidbit about somebody else. Why? Because we don't like where the things are. So you you just divert the attention away from yourself by putting it on somebody else, and now you have trouble. You have, you've planted the seeds of trouble, and you have created untold damage. Anytime we gossip, Jonathan, there's the opportunity to create damage that is beyond our comprehension any time we gossip let's go back to uh the sound bites from next best time seven reasons reasons that gossip is poison and we are up to uh, reason number four and this is a really good thing to listen to fourth gossip destroys your integrity in business ministry or with friends your integrity is more valuable than gold the definition of integrity in Merriam-Webster's is the quality of being honest and fair, the state of being complete or whole. Talking about another person that's not present or in a negative manner brings question upon your character. So gossip will destroy your integrity. Now, a lot of times we gossip because we want to mess up the integrity of somebody else. Yeah, but it comes right back to us in this case. It comes back in a really harsh way, and, and that's really, really... Uh, unfortunate, but you know, it's very, it's just, it's just, and it's kind of interesting that our integrity is what ends up being really, really pounded as we try to, to take someone else's integrity away. Well, we want to introduce our very own Kathy from Christian Questions. She helps fill, fill in for us when I'm away, and she's our tweet master, and she helps with the chat, 
and we asked Kathy to give her perspective on our subject. So, Kathy, um, what have you got? Well, today when I was thinking about this, I started with your program from September 8th, 2013, and its title is, Is It Really That Bad to Gossip? And you can get that at ChristianQuestions.com. And one of the comments I really appreciated on that program was about how gossip uh, makes you feel included. And thinking about times where I've been involved and thinking about um, something someone said to me, um, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that about so-and-so. And my reply has been, I'm embarrassed to say, oh, that's okay, now I know how I can pray for them. But in thinking about it, a better prayer probably would have been to say, you know, I shouldn't have listened, and you shouldn't have spoken it, and together, let's say a prayer right now and ask the Lord for forgiveness. And two other things that I was thinking about were how easy it is to gossip about family members. You know, we have white lies. Maybe there's such a thing as white gossip. <laughs> and, you know, you, you're talking about, oh, my mother's driving me crazy, blah, 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 blah. Or I think sometimes as a, as a parent, you, when you're talking to other parents, you don't want to brag about your kid, but it ends up being, oh, my kid, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, I remember growing up and saying to my mom, Mom, don't tell stories about me. It's so embarrassing. And I've had my kids do that. You know, don't embarrass me. And my <laughs> reply was always, you know, I get paid extra to, be, to embarrass you. But, you know, <laughs> not really. And then the other thing I was, oh, wait. Well, well, hold on, Kath. Is there a scripture that comes to mind that helps you along these lines? You know, actually there is. When I'm starting to go down that murmuring or complaining about people or gossiping about people road, I have Psalm 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Um, is really helpful. And there's, you know, you just, I sometimes I just pray to God when I don't have words, fix me. <laughs> and the other scripture um, that I was thinking about is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, where um, Apostle Paul says, there should be no divisions among you. And verse 11 says, I've heard reports that there's contentions among you. And then in 12, it says, some say, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I'm of Cephas. And thinking how when we put labels on other people, it, it's like that um, taking people down a negative road of thinking you were talking about. Oh, they're a vegan. That's just, <laughs> we were talking about that. <laughs> and all of a sudden it conjures up, you know, ideas in your mind. And so anytime we put a label on anybody, it's, you know, it's going to create ideas and it could be an unfair assessment. Wow. Thank you so much, Kathy. <laughs> Great points. Yeah, so so one of the one of the difficulties of gossip is you feel included and one of the issues that you have to decide is okay, maybe I feel included, but I really shouldn't be included in this. 
So you need to develop a new response. And I really like that idea of the, the, the new responses of, you know, maybe you shouldn't have said what you said, and I really shouldn't have listened to what you said. Let's ask God for forgiveness. Boy, I'll tell you, if you do that, Kathy, that is a hard, brave, and very spiritually mature thing to do. Amen. It, that, that's awesome. It is. It, and and it just, it's difficult, though. It's just difficult. Kath, thanks so much. We really appreciate your, your insight on this. Some good scriptures as well. So, Jonathan, let's get back to James uh, chapter 3. Let's go verses uh, 7 through 10. For every species of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth both blessing and cursing, my brethren, these things ought not to be this way. So in James, he's continuing with discussing with us, with helping us understand the power of our words, the power of our thoughts flowing from our head to our mouth, out of our mouth, into words that can be absolutely, utterly destructive. And he says, no one can tame the tongue. He's, he's talking about it and saying, look, it's like, a, it's like a runaway horse. It just cannot be uh, brought in. It can't be slowed down because it has, it's like, you know, my tongue has a mind of its own. Well, it really doesn't have a mind of its own. <laughs> okay, we can say that and we can make that excuse. Yeah. But no, no, it's your mind. It's your mind behind your words. And if you don't like your words, then you have to look at what you, what's driving your mind. So James continues by showing the magnitude of the task of taming the tongue. He calls it a restless evil, an unstable and destructive force. And Jonathan, this force is dripping with poison. We use our words to bless God and then to curse his human creation. And James is saying, it's utterly hypocritical. How can you do that? How can you, from one side of your mouth, be blessing God, praising God, and the other side of your mouth be speaking poorly of their sister Kathy in the background there when she's not looking? Rick, we need to be respectful of others, even if we don't agree with them. We have to rise above this pettiness of gossip. And that's really what it is. Gossip is petty. Simple as that. Gossip is just petty. Let's go to another scripture. This is going to be from Romans 3, 13 to 18. This next scripture is written by the Apostle Paul, and he's quoted for, he quotes several Old Testament verses from Psalms uh, and, and Isaiah. Paul, in this verse, is comparing Jews called to Christ to Gentiles who are called to Christ. And his conclusion is that every one of them is messed up. Every one of them has been captive under sin, so whatever their background is not material because they all fall under the same difficulties. This is Romans three thirteen to 18. Their throat is an open grave, and with their tongues they keep deceiving. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths, and the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God, both before their eyes. So these are all verses from the Old Testament that the Apostle is putting in perspective. And what he's basically saying is, words bring results. Words of gossip, if unchecked, will bring us to actions of unrighteousness, which will bring us to a state of rationalizing and acceptance 
toward godless behavior. It starts oftentimes with words. Now, words start with a thought. And a lot of times, Jonathan, the thought is not well thought out. The thought is a reaction. Yes. You know, something is not going... An emotion. Right, right. It, it, it's an emotion. That's even a better way to put it. It's an emotion. It's something that maybe you're having a hard time in life and you need to deflect the attention or you need to feed your own ego or, or you want to be passive aggressive against somebody. Whatever it is, we have that, that emotion and it drives us to say something that is just not necessary and not kind, even if it's true. Just we've because, all done it. We've all done it. Yeah, and yeah. It's sad. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's actually, it's worse than sad. It's tragic. You know, and there's a, there's a quick story, Jonathan, I want to I mention to you. We got just a couple minutes here. Uh, and, I, and I think we've talked about this story before. Uh, the story is, and I'm not sure where I got this from. Uh, I didn't make it up, that's for sure. Uh, the story is about a man who lived in a small town, and uh, he gossiped about his neighbor. And he, and he spread a rumor that was, that was a, a dramatic misunderstanding of what his neighbor had done and who his neighbor was. And it really, really, really messed up his neighbor's life. So he goes to the, to the local minister and he says, I've really messed up. I have, I have spread rumors about my neighbor. They're not true. And, and now everybody has this thought in their head about him. And what should I do? So the minister thinks a moment and he says to him, he says, I want you to go to the house of everybody that you spoke to. You spoke these untruths or these exaggerated truths or these private truths uh, about, and I want you to put a feather on the front, on the doorstep of every household. And the guy looks at him like, I don't know what good that's going to do, but I'm desperate. So he goes and it takes him several weeks because he really spread the word. And he goes and he goes and puts a feather on every single doorstep. And he comes back to the minister and he says, I've done that. I put feathers out all over, all over town to everyone I spoke to. And the minister looks at him and says, now I want you to go collect those feathers. And he looks at him and says, well, I can't do that. They would have blown away by now. And the minister looks at him and says, exactly. What you did, you can't undo. Because of the poison of your words, that man may be permanently damaged. You need to pray for forgiveness. And, you know, Jonathan, that's the depth of the power of our words if they misrepresent others. We have a choice as to what we feed to those around us. Proverbs 26, verses 18 to 23. Like a maniac who shoots deadly firebrands and arrows, so is one who deceives a neighbor and says, I'm only joking. So now you think about that. We like to, we like to play tricks and all of that, but there's a, there's a line that you can cross that has that, 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 uh, that deviousness to it. And, you know, and, 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 and the proverb is calling you, you out on that. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. So that's the other side of it. You can keep quiet, and the fire of that passion will go away. As charcoal is to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. So it it, just like you said before, Jonathan, it's driven by emotion. More often than not, gossip is driven by emotion, and you want to build the heat of that fire because emotion breeds more emotion. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. That's just not a good picture. <laughs> because <laughs> when you digest those poisonous words, you have now poisoned your perspective on someone else. 
Like the glaze covering an earthen vessel are smooth lips with an evil heart. So it really comes down to deciding, am I going to fulfill all of those negative things that are, be, that are being spoken of here, or do I want to choose something else? Do I want to choose to have my words be positive and influential in a good way, in a strong way, in, in a way that can change people's lives for the better, in a way that when I talk about Jonathan, it's always going to be good, it's going to be encouraging. And when others hear what I have to say about Jonathan, they're going to say, wow, that Jonathan, he's quite a guy. <laughs> and, and, and you they know, only knew. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but see, I do know, and that and that's the point. And and when you can talk in a way that helps to build others up, it really, really makes a difference. Another proverb, Proverbs ten, seventeen to twenty three. And again, this is a comparison verse. Whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life, but one who rejects a rebuke goes astray. Okay. You heed instruction, you you know, when you're listening, you can't be talking. That's what puts you on the path to life. Do a lot more listening than you do talking. Lying lips conceal hatred, and whoever utters slander is a fool. I don't know. There's not too much to be said about that. You know, it just puts it right in perspective. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but the prudent are restrained in speech. So, in other words, you don't need a lot of words to get the point across in a loving, Christian-like way. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The mind of the wicked is of little worth. Go ahead. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. All right. So, again, it's, it's, it's talking about the, the lips of the righteous, but the fool and, and, and the lips of fools. There's a difference, and the difference is thinking it through versus just letting it happen. The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Doing wrong is like a sport to a fool. But wise conduct is a pleasure to a person of understanding. So it comes down to being a person of understanding rather than being what the scriptures are calling a fool. And that makes a big, big difference in how we look at our lives and how we look at our Christian walk. Folks, in the next hour, and we'll be back in about two minutes. In the next hour, what we're going to be talking about is James in chapter 3 is now going to begin to offer a solution. Okay, gossip's a problem. Words are a problem. They can be poison. What do you do? How do you think? How do you react? What do you change? All of that is coming up in the next hour, so please, please, please stay with us. For Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, the question on the table this evening, does gossip really hurt anyone? Duh, it hurts everyone. The question is, what can we do about it coming up in the next hour? But till then, think about it. It's time to think about the Bible like you never have before. You're tuned into Christian Questions. Join the conversation now on air or online at ChristianQuestions.com and download our app by searching for Christian Questions Radio. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Shannon Adler once said, Often those that criticize others reveal what he himself lacks. Good evening, welcome back. I'm Rick, and this is not your typical Christian commentary as we look at Bible-related topics from a different perspective. 
And Jonathan, we've got one of those subjects on the table this evening that everybody needs to listen to. That's right, because uh, we're all guilty at times yeah. of this, and we want to avoid this as much as possible. Rick, our question is, does gossip really hurt anyone? And the answer is yes. It, it hurts <laughs> uh, everyone. Yourself included. Right. And the uh, theme text is found in James chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. So we're talking about gossip, and, and Jonathan, there's several things that drive gossip, and we're using James chapter 3 to help us identify, first of all, the difficulties of taming our own tongue, taming the, the words that we say, and then we're going to use James chapter 3 also to help us understand the solution for our propensity toward gossip. So let's just quickly review. There were one, two, three, four different drivers of gossip that we touched on in the first hour. What are they? Let's start with the first one. Well, Rick, the first one is gossip can be a defense mechanism. Okay. Per go ahead. Do you want me to no, go no, to second? Well, no. Perhaps you feel inferior to someone as, a as comparisons arise. You let a little unverified story kind of slip out about them and to give others reason for doubt. So it can be a defense mechanism. What's the second? The second, gossip can be a feeding of one's own ego. You have a need to establish your own importance, so you do so. Not by drawing attention to your own accomplishment, oh no, heaven forbid, <laughs> but by creating attention on another's perceived or made up faults or shortcomings. So you're feeding your ego at the expense of others. The but, third point, Rick, is gossip can be a passive-aggressive weapon. You might be engaged in a difficult debate. Politics is a good example. And as you're trying to solidify your perspective as being the correct one, you slide in a little gossip and it, as an emotional barb against your opponent. It's really irrelevant, but it gets people thinking in a negative way about them, and that helps you win your argument. Passive aggressiveness is one of the most nasty things in, in, in our communication in our world today. And what the was the fourth, fourth one? The fourth point is gossip can be a deflector of attention. When focus is not where you're comfortable, revealing a dramatic-sounding tidbit about someone else can ease that discomfort. Okay, I don't like the attention where it's going right now. Let me just say something about somebody else. Zing! <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. And it's unfortunate. It's just unfortunate that that's what happens and that's how it works. Uh Another so so let's those were the four drivers of gossip from the first hour. We've got three more for the second hour. What's the next one, Jonathan? Well, Rick, it's gossip can be the result of idleness because things can tend to get boring and monotonous. You begin to gravitate towards stories of hearsay that have some spice to it, and now you have something to focus on, share, and be a part of it. Yeah, great. It's a result of idleness, a result of not having anything better to do with your time. And what a sad statement that is in, in our lives. So we've been referring back to a, a, uh, a YouTube uh, channel, Next Best Time, and they did a program, Seven Reasons Gossip is Poison. And we're all up on to reason number five, and it really goes well with the idea of it can be a result of idleness and what ends up happening as a result of that idleness. Right, play. There you go. Fifth, it harms or ends relationships. 
Have you, have you ever heard that someone was talking about you and not in a very positive light? I bet it didn't feel good or serve to draw you closer to that person or add warmth to your relationship, did it? Gossip never builds up another person or serves to strengthen a relationship. In fact, it's one way to almost certainly destroy or severely strain one. Okay, so gossip harms and destroys relationships. You know, it, there, there's nothing good that comes out of gossip with your relationship with the person you're gossiping against. And make no mistake, you are gossiping against them. How sad. It is sad. And it's, it's very, very totally, deeply and utterly destructive. So now, look, we've talked about how bad it is. Let's get to the solution. It's time for a solution. James now begins to develop the solution for the rabid results of words spoken without true godliness. So let's go to James chapter 3, verse 11 and 12. Does a fountain send out from the same opening fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives, or a vine produce figs? Okay, so Jonathan, let's let's go to the uh, phones. It looks like we've got Julius on the line. Good evening, Julius, and welcome to Christian Questions. Thank you, uh, Rick. Good evening to you and uh, Jonathan. Thank you. If I may, since your program reaches around the world, I'd like to send greetings and blessings to all our friends around the world. Well, there you go. How about that? <laughs> yes. Uh, my reference uh, on this subject is uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter five, uh, 4. 1 Thessalonians 4. If you recall, there's a scripture there in verse 3. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3, talks about that God's will for us is our sanctification. And uh, jumping to uh, verse 11, uh, it, the instruction is to fulfill as part of our process and progress in sanctification, we must do three, three things in the sanctification process. That's 1 Thessalonians 4.11. Number one, study to be quiet. <laughs> there you go. Number two, <laughs> number two, do your work. Number three, mind your business. <laughs> Those three. Study to be quiet, do your work, and mind your business. And uh, you know, uh, uh, Rick and Jonathan, that, that uh, 4.11 there, the, the, the one that I just mentioned, I use it like, uh, uh, I compare it to a mouthwash. Oral hygiene Oral hygiene is so critical to our health, too. So it is, it is a reminder to, uh, indeed, uh, be very careful on what to say. And uh, what a challenge to study to be quiet. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you, Julius. Appreciate your thoughts uh, and uh, the scripture and uh, everything that you, you bring to the table. Thanks so much. All right, so Jonathan, uh, Julius brought us some good thoughts and, and some good points here. And really the idea is to put things in perspective. He said, you know, study to be quiet. And you know that's such a great, great way to look at things. So let's look at the at the solution that James brings to us. Uh, we're in James again. We James chapter three. You just read verses eleven and twelve, and in those verses, uh, there's a very, very important point to start with. So what's the first point? The first solution point for gossip from James? Well, Rick, it's look hard at your words. Are they a reflection of the desires of your spiritual heart? 
All right. Look hard at your words. Make sure that you are examining what your words are having to offer and what they're not having to offer. Okay? Make sure that you are clear when you see what what are what are your words made up of? Are they made up of vitriol and poison and all of those things? Look hard. Examine them. If you are sick and tired of the gossip thing, then be sick and tired of it. Look at your words. That's the first point. Now let's go to James, uh, again, chapter 3, now verse 13. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. So the second point uh, in verse 13, the second solution point after look hard at your words, what, what's the next point? Rick, it's look hard at your actions. Are they reflective of the gentleness of wisdom? All right, so you look hard at your words and you ask, are my words a reflection of the desires of my spiritual heart? And, and Jonathan, you know, as we talk about gossip, there's a lot of ways to look at it and to understand it and a lot of reasons it happens. Some reasons aren't because we're just nasty people, but sometimes the reasons are because we just don't, uh, we're not thinking or we're too emotional, or we're, we're too burdened with things, or there's too much stress in our lives. And it's, it's an outlet in a lot of ways. It's an outlet. But it's an outlet, you know what? It's an outlet that leads to the sewer. <laughs> you know, that's, You're right. You, you, and you don't no want to use it. thing comes from it. No, ever. Never does anything good come from gossip. So you've got to look at your words. Are they a, a, a true reflection of your spiritual heart? And when you look at the words, and Jonathan, a good way to do that is if you have gossiped, if you have said something about somebody that was not appropriate, a really good thing to do, if you've got the courage, is to, and here's what I would do. I would stand in front of a mirror, and I would say those words that you said about that other person, and I would say them about myself. And I would say, those are my words. Do I want those words to be reflective of me? How do they reflect my spirituality, my desire to be like Jesus? And the answer is they don't. So once you look hard at your words, then you've got to look hard at your actions. Well, what have I done as a result of those words? And and James in verse 13 says, you know, who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior, his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. See, gossip never fits that description. The gentleness of wisdom. Gossip is never gentle. Gossip is never wise. And gossip is certainly never the two of those things combined. So the beginning of the solution for gossip is to look hard at your words and then look hard at your actions. That's what James is, is, is teaching us here. Now Jesus, in the next scripture, addresses the power of words right after he had just spoken about blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Now let's go to Matthew 12, 33 to 37. Remember, blaspheming the Holy Spirit is not a, not, a, not a good thing for anybody at any time. It is a very, very serious misuse of words and, and thoughts. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man brings out his good treasure, what is good, and the evil man brings out evil treasure, which is evil. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an account for it 
in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So if we are going to be speaking gossip, Jonathan, then one of the things we've got to really, really look at is those words of Jesus, because he basically said it right there in verse 37. By your words, okay, by your words you'll be justified. If your words have justification within them, and by your words you'll be judged, if your words carry judgment. You know, an interesting thing about gossip, Jonathan, is it's judgmental. Mm, Good point. No matter what it is that we say about someone else, it's casting some kind of judgment and putting out some kind of a sense of negativity toward that individual in relation to everybody else. So it really is a, um, a, a nasty, nasty place uh, for, us, for us to be. Um, if we are saying and doing things unbecoming to true godliness, then how can we see ourselves as truly godly? You know, we, we talk about, and, and Christians are always talking about, you know, living, living to a higher standard. But if we gossip, if we talk about others behind their back in a way that's not profitable, in a way that's not kind, in a way that's not gentle, in a way that's not necessary, then what? are you really being godly? We need to put it away. If we make a mistake, we need to go to the person and ask forgiveness and put it away. It doesn't belong in our, in our mouth. And, you know... Going to the person and asking for forgiveness, first of all, that's a brave thing to do. It is. And frankly, most people won't. Just, that's just most people won't. But if you can do that, then you have the situation where you are, are, are laying yourself before that other person and basically saying to them, look, I did something that, that, that harmed your reputation or harmed other people's view of you in some way, and I am truly sorry. And the other thing we need to try to do is to go back to those that we spoke to and say, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, you know what I said? Forget it. I was, I was as wrong as wrong could be, and that begins to help the healing process. And so Jesus says it by our words. If we speak those words of repentance and, and, and trying to make it right, those are words that we will be justified by. But if we just stay with the words that are gossipy and drippy with all kinds of rumor, those are the words. Yeah. Right. Oh. That's right. That's really what it boils down to. Proverbs 11, verses 12 and 13. He that is void of wisdom despiseth his neighbor, but a man of understanding holdeth his peace. A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of faithful spirit concealeth the matter. So, Rick, you know what this makes me think of? What's that? A, a husband and wife never pointing out each other's faults in public because this is personal between them, and they're protecting each other's um, character. Yeah. But, I don't, don't, don't get me wrong, if an individual is seeking help, say from an elder or pastor, um, that is a difficulty going on, say, in a marriage, and they need to share information to get help, there's, there's validity to that. But, okay. but the protection of a husband and wife, not defaming each other's character... That's a beautiful quality to right. deal with it at home. And, and, you know, what you were saying there is, so if there is a need for help, that's not done in public. It's done in private with a trusted individual, trusted yes. by both. And yes. when you have that kind of relationship, no, it's not gossip. Because you're speaking the words and talking about things for the purpose of trying to get to the bottom of a, of a challenge and make it better. See, gossip is never about making life better. It's always about making yourself feel better 
but it doesn't do anything for making life better. It's just a temporary fix. It makes you feel superior. It makes you feel included, like Kathy was saying. It makes you feel all good because you got to, you know, your, your ego gets stroked because you're putting somebody else down. But it, there's nothing, nothing good, nothing positive about it. You know, and in that, in that uh, Proverbs verse, the idea of, um, of being void of wisdom, the person who doesn't have wisdom despises his neighbor. And, and we, we don't end up holding our tongue. Even in the justice-based system of the Old Testament, the clear instruction was very simple, the same all the time. Gossip was not included. Gossip was not allowed. Gossip was not appreciated. And it was a vile sin in the Old Testament for gossip to be a part of people's lives. So when we look at this, Jonathan, no matter where you go in Scripture, no matter where you go, no matter what you're talking about, what you're looking at, gossip is never, ever good. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject is, does gossip really hurt anyone? Coming up, is gossip always the result of dark and evil thinking? That's next. listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Welcome back. Our subject for today, Does Gossip Really Hurt Anyone? We're live Monday evening from 8 to 10 Eastern, and that means we're on right now. Join our conversation by calling 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. Or you can message us on your app. Out from the dark ages, errors from the past, and into the light of today, the original good news. Join us 24-7 at ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, there's a couple of quick comments here um, from, from the app and so forth. One was kind of a question. Do we need to talk negatively about others? Is positive comments about someone considered gossip and if it's positive and it's true, no, it's not gossip. It's, it's building somebody up. There's nothing wrong with building others up. As long as it's true, don't be telling stories out of school about somebody to just make them look good. Well, did you see, no, did Jonathan climb Mount Everest three times yesterday and then he took a break? I mean, come on. It's, you know, that, that, that doesn't do anything for anybody. You're, you're creating, a, fabricating a story. But when you say something good about others... That's a good thing because it paints a positive picture, and that can be contagious. Another quick app comment before we get back to uh, what drives gossip, another one of the drivers of gossip. Uh, this came from an individual out in Illinois. It says, sociologists have called gossip a social weapon, a harmful tool that some will use against others, with nicknames like gossip hounds be being given to those. So uh, you don't want to be called a gossip hound. Just a quick thought for you. It's not, not a good thing. A social weapon. It is. Just wow. like James was saying, that the smallest thing can cause the biggest trouble. That's what this is about. So, Jonathan, what's another driver of gossip? Well, Rick, gossip can be an expression of jealousy. You really have had enough of that individual who seems to outshine you and seems to get what you want or think you deserve. You expose them with a story or two that is exaggerated, incomplete, or none of anybody's business. <laughs> so it can be an expression of jealousy. We can be jealous, and therefore we can gossip. And when we gossip because we're jealous, 
then it really, we end up with a really, really negative situation, and it never gets better. That's the thing about Gossip Jonathan. You know, you can say, okay, I'm in the middle of it, and I'll, let me do it some more to make it better. No, you can't do it more to make it better. It never gets better. It only gets worse. Let's go back to uh, next best time, seven reasons, reasons that gossip is poison, and we are now uh, on reason number six. Sixth, gossip ruins reputations. Depending on your role in an organization or your age or perceived authority, what you say about others can carry a lot of weight. And when you gossip about a person, it can have lasting and unrepairable repercussions. I've seen situations where gossip has destroyed careers or ministries and families. Think about what is truly at stake before you enter into gossiping conversations about others. And while you're at it, think about how you'd feel if the shoe were on the other foot. That's such a great uh, piece of advice. Think about, you know, how you'd feel if the shoe was on the other foot. What, what, it would, what would it mean to you if someone was talking about you in the same manner, in the same fashion? It really is a uh, very uh, serious um, circumstance that you'd be well, facing. Rick, you could lose your job. Your family could be ripped apart. Uh, your faith could be exposed as being evil and wrong. I mean, that, your whole character is being attacked here. You're right. You're right. And you, we don't know. You know, you just don't know how far and how deep it ends up going. But it's never good. Ever. Ever is gossip good. Ever. So we've got to get back to the solutions. James continues in James chapter 3 with solutions. Now remember, the, the first couple of points were to uh, look hard at your words, then look hard at your actions. So now let's get to James chapter 3, verse, uh, verse 14, and see what the next solution point is. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. So the next point is what? Look hard at your heart. What fills it? Can you honestly and humbly see what is there? Look hard at your heart. All right, so we, we, we've got a lot of looking that we're doing that James is telling us to do. Look at your words, look at your actions, look at your heart. And Jonathan, these are mirror experiences. These are the kinds of things that, that should be done in private uh, and should be done uh, before God. Yeah, are your words helping or hurting here? Right. What is your heart really saying? Right, right. What is driving your, you know, look, we can have a good heart, but we can still gossip. You're right. Because we let our other things get in the way and they take the spirituality out of our heart and they override our heart with the more base human emotions. And what we need to do is be able to recognize that and then fix it. So that's what the next verse and the next piece of James's um, uh, advice in to to destroy gossip in our lives comes down to. So now we're at James chapter 3, verses 15 and 16 for the next point. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. Okay, so he says... This is not wisdom that comes from God, but it's earthly, it's demonic. And he says, where jealousy and selfish ambition are, you know, all that can exist as a result of that is evil. So, so what's the next point, 
the fourth point that James talks about in terms of solving the gossip problem. Label what you have seen. Label it clearly so there is no mistake what the source is for each of our hearts are driven either by the wisdom of Satan or the wisdom of God. So now, you know, you think about it. and That's you, a wake-up call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, we put the wisdom of Satan there because that's really what um, James is saying. He's saying this wisdom is not that which comes from God. It's demonic. So there is a wisdom, a satanic wisdom. And with satanic wisdom, Jonathan, it looks good. It can feel good. And, you know, when you try it on, it's like, whoa, I got some freedom in this thing. But it's, it's demonic. And do you want the demonic thoughts and actions in your life to be driving you? Or are you going to rise above that? So you've got to label what you have seen. You've, you've looked at your words. You look at your actions. You look at your heart. And then you say, okay, now I've got to put a label on what's been happening. And what is it? Is it godly or is it satanic? I mean, what, what a combination. That's for sure. What a, what a combination. Let's go to um, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jonathan, this is, and you say, well, what does this have to do with gossip? And the answer is everything. Because, and, and Kathy mentioned it in her comment in the first hour. It's called a throne of grace for a reason. And we can take heart in our frailty that we are understood. And so when you come before the throne of grace, what you're saying is, just like Kathy said, I'm broken. Fix me. Help. <laughs> yeah, I need to be put back together. I, need, I, 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 I know what I have seen. I have labeled what I've been doing, and it is not godly. And you bring that before God because through Christ, God can truly understand us. We're looking at today's mainstream and biblical topics from several different angles. We couldn't do it without our great supporters. Join our conversation by calling now. We're live and look forward to talking with you at 866-985-4255. Okay, so we're looking at this, this point of gossip can be an expression of jealousy, uh, and we're looking at the solution for gossip. It was look hard at your words, look hard at your actions, look hard at your heart, and then, and, go ahead. And, and Rick, the question that we started with, is gossip always the result of dark and evil thinking? Well, those points we just covered in James seem to be, yeah, <laughs> look at that, how bad that is. The thing about gossip, though, is it, it does have that, that darkness to it. But sometimes we get there by accident. Sometimes we get there because we're, we're trying to do one thing, but we are either misinformed or overwhelmed in our lives or something is not right and we misinterpret and we move forward and then we have participated. And here's the thing. We can participate in evil and darkness purely by accident. We didn't mean it, but we can still do it. That's so true. And, and, and that really gets you a sense of, whoa, I've got to be really, really careful here. So let's go to the next driver of gossip. What else can drive gossip? 
Gossip can be the result of carelessness and opportunity. Carelessness because you overhear one end of a conversation and jump to a conclusion. Opportunity because there is something in your own experience that causes self-doubt or insecurity. And this carelessly adopted story can conveniently mask that self-doubt. So it can be the result of carelessness and opportunity. And again, just because we're careless doesn't mean that we are dark in our heart. But what we end up doing, Jonathan, with our carelessness is we end up producing darkness from our heart. That's right. And that is a very, very sad thing. So again, we need to go back to James and to see what he tells us to... Uh, what we can do to, to, to right the ship, and again, we start out the, the, the solution. First was look hard at your words. Second was look hard at your actions. Third was look hard at your heart. Fourth was label what you've seen. And now let's go to James chapter 3, verse, uh, verse uh, 17, to get to the fifth point. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, Without hypocrisy. That is the most beautiful verse we have read in this whole book of James. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so what is that telling us? What's the next solution point for the, for the gossip train that is out of control? Well, Rick, the fifth point is claim heavenly attributes for your heart. If you truly claim them, your actions and your words will follow suit and also claim them with unrelenting sincerity. And that's the thing. If you claim heavenly attributes for your heart. What heavenly attributes, what James just described, the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle and reasonable and full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. If we claim that and say, dear God, what I have said and what I have done, maybe it's just utterly careless. It, maybe it was selfish. I don't have, I, I'm not a dark, d demonic type person, but I did this anyway. What this does is say, okay, I need to claim those attributes in verse 17 for my heart. And if you really lay claim to something, it lays claim to you. It makes a huge difference, Rick. It does, because we grab hold of it, and then it can grab hold of us. But we have to reach out first. God's wisdom, the pure and peaceable and gentle and reasonable wisdom of God, is not going to seek us out and knock us on the head and say, hello, I should be living in your heart. We have to go find it and open our heart to it so it can take up its residence. Claim heavenly attributes for your heart. And then James chapter 3, verse 18 gives us another point of solution for the gossip train that's out of control. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So now it talks about the attributes of God's wisdom and mercy claiming those for ourselves and now it talks about a seed so what is the sixth point to fix the gossip that that can plague us well rick you take that seed and you plant that which you have claimed to plant is a clear decision that requires desire thought planning and then action so planting something is not an arbitrary experience no it's not something like oh you know i think i'll, I'll just you know throw some seeds out and see what grows that's not planting that's just that that's just that's being careless. Cultivation takes time. And you've got to be on the path for planning to cultivate and then working the process. So to fix gossip, we claim those heavenly attributes for our hearts and then we plant those things in our heart 
And you're right. It takes time. It takes effort. You've got to check it. You've got to recheck it. It takes water. It takes light. Right. Water and, of truth. Right. The, the light of Jesus. And those things can correct the gossip mess that we make in our lives. So James finishes the verse-by-verse solution for rooting out our cold and heartless words. And again, even if your heart is not cold and heartless, doesn't mean you, you necessarily won't have words that are cold and heartless. Uh, even if our words are merely the result of careless thinking, they still need swift and, and, and definite, clear correction. So let's go to Exodus 23, verses 1 to 3, and this is going back to the Old Testament, to the thus saith the Lord to the Jews in terms of their law, about, and it tells us exactly what God thinks of, of, of speaking evilly about others. You shall not spread a false report. You shall not join hands with wicked to act as a malicious witness. You shall not follow a majority in wrongdoing. When you bear witness in a lawsuit, you shall not side with the majority so as to pervert justice, nor shall you be partial to the poor in a lawsuit. So, so Rick, be truthful. Right. Be truthful, be sincere, be full of integrity, and stand for what's right. And, and you know, Jonathan, that's such a simple statement. Stand it's for, not easy. No. It's not easy, Rick. Because we often want to stand for what feels right. But that's not what the scriptures are showing us. No. Stand for what is right, regardless of how it might feel. See, violation of this commandment indicates a deep lack of respect for truth and a deep lack of respect for your neighbor as well. And, and, and Jonathan, that's what gossip is. Gossip truly is a very deep and abiding lack of respect for truth and for your neighbor. To achieve a level of not bearing false witness can be a monumental task because the terrain that you have to trek to get to this point is not only slippery but deceptive as well. So once we get ourselves into that place where gossip is, is, is prevalent, it's a slippery place, it's a, it's a deceptive place, it's full, of, um, it's full of trickery, it's full of traps, it's full of temptations, and it's full of emotions. And remember, that's really one of the driving forces of gossip. It's how I feel about something. And Satan sure likes to pull the strings of emotions oh, to turn us the wrong direction. And he is a master, a master at that. And again, passive aggressiveness. That's Satan's greatest tool and his greatest weapon. And it's something that we need to be very keenly aware of. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject is, Does Gossip Really Hurt Anyone? Coming up, how do we finalize our refusal to speak words of gossip? There is one more point. That's next. So what is it? listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Welcome back. Our subject for today, Does Gossip Really Hurt Anyone? We're live Monday evening from 8 to 10 Eastern, and that means we're on right now. Join our conversation by calling 866-985-4255. 
That's 866-985-FOR-ALL. Or you can message us on your app. And the conversation continues online at ChristianQuestions.com. Contact us there with your questions and comments. Also, interact with us on our Facebook and tweet us at CQNet Radio. And we are now on Instagram. Lots of ways to get in touch, lots of ways to be in contact, and uh, it's such an important thing. And, you know, our contact one with another should not be filled with gossip. It should be filled with upbuilding truth, good questions, good comments, but nothing about others that can be even remotely determined to be something that is tearing others down. That's Amen. Not, that's not <laughs> what this is about. It never has been uh, what this is about. So, so Jonathan, we're in the, in the middle of, and, and we just want to touch on this point again because we want to finish it up, the, 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 uh, one of the drivers, the final driver of gossip. So just, just go through that one more time, this final driver of gossip that we started last segment. Gossip can be the result of carelessness and opportunity. Carelessness because you overhear one end of a conversation and jump to a conclusion. Opportunity because there is something in your own experience that causes self-doubt or insecurity. And this carelessly adopted story can conveniently mask that self-doubt. So carelessness and opportunity. We've got to be so, so careful with those things. Rick, I have a quote uh, for you that we found. It says, be sure to taste your words before you spit them out. (laughs) That's right. If we would taste them and we would just look at them in terms of, do I want this applied to me? What would the difference be in the words that we actually, actually speak to others about others? It would really, really change the flavor of our conversations. And by changing the flavor, Jonathan, we change the content. And by changing the content, we change the result. And by changing the result, we can now glorify God in our words instead of following a demonic principle. I don't know. Just take your time. Which one do you want to follow? <laughs> I choose following God. All right, then. <laughs> so, so, so really it comes down to the seriousness of watching our words becomes evident in this next scripture from Hebrews. Because words are not only reflections of one's condition of the heart— They also are a predictor of our potential actions. And that's a really scary thing. Because if we are in the habit of gossiping, even listening to gossip, by by allowing that in, that's a predictor of potential future actions. So let's look at Hebrews 12, verses 14 to 17. Pursue peace with all men, and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness spring up and causes trouble, and by it may be defiled, that there be no immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought for it with tears." So it talks about this root of bitterness, and that's what gossip can bring us. Because if we make a habit of listening to or perpetuating gossip, what we're doing is we're planting something. And we're planting a bitterness toward our fellow man. And look, maybe it's not somebody that you like. Does that give you the right to gossip about them? No, you should respect them anyway. When you think about it, did Jesus do that? 
Of course not. (laughs) So if Jesus didn't do it, if the Apostle Paul didn't do it, if the Apostle Peter didn't do it, then what right do we have to even go there? So if our words are reflecting a dark condition of heart rather than a careless or reactive condition, then the consequences will be necessarily difficult. So it could be, Jonathan, a really dark condition of heart, or we could just be careless. Either way, we need to go through all of those steps that we've talked about uh, in relation to fixing the, the gossip problem that James laid out for us. There were six steps up to this point. So let's get to the seventh reason gossip is poison from next best time. And then we're going to get to the final point from James chapter 3 in terms of dealing with the gossip problem in our lives. Seventh, gossip will come back to haunt you. Author Paul Meyer says, Gossip is like a fire bullet. Once you hear the sound, you can't take it back. Just recently, a friend of mine went through great pains trying to reconcile a relationship with another friend over gossip and harsh words that were spoken years ago. The man who had said these hard things had been misinformed, and he, but he passed those wrong, that wrong information along to others, not knowing it had made its way back to my friend. It was a pretty sticky situation. And sometimes, Jonathan, sticky situations like that never get fixed. Good point. Because we allow it to fester, we allow it to grow, we don't know what got back to whom, and now they have a very, very justifiably negative sense about us, and uh, it really, really does not give us anything good here. Well, Rick, uh, Jewel and I found an acronym uh, that I thought was very appropriate for, for our discussion, and it's the word THINK. Okay, so before you go through the acronym, the word think, because that's really one of the core values of what we're talking about in terms of writing the ship. So the word think, you're going to break down T-H-I-N-K. Okay, think. Okay, T. Is it true? All right, that's, that's good. Gossip T. can still be true. Yeah, H. Is it helpful? Uh, see, gossip isn't so much helpful. <laughs> I. Is it inspiring? Oh, gossip is, it might be exciting, but it's really not inspiring. N. Is it necessary? Uh, never. <laughs> K, is it kind? Okay, true, helpful, inspiring, necessary, kind. Think before you speak. And if you can pass those five gates as you think before you speak, then perhaps the things you're going to say are uplifting and not destructive. Big difference. Big, big difference. So, Jonathan, the seventh point here. uh, We've gone through the verses in in James chapter 3. So, based on all of James chapter 3, what is is this seventh point? Well, Rick, it's cultivate and nurture godliness and be transformed in heart, mind, and words. Leave gossip behind. So, it's a matter of cultivating and nurturing godliness godliness cultivate and nurture remember the last point was plant the seed that's right well it's great to plant but you're not going to get a good crop unless you cultivate and nurture and what is it you have to cultivate and nurture it's the godliness that uh, i think it was james uh, three seventeen uh, said but the wisdom from above is first pure then peaceable gentle reasonable full of mercy and good fruits unwavering without hypocrisy uh, and the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. That's what you cultivate. That's very transforming. And the way to cultivate it is to 
think. You think it through. Is what I'm about to say true? Is what I'm about to say helpful? Is what I'm about to say inspiring? Is what I'm about to say necessary? Is what I'm about to say kind? That's how you do it. You think it through. Let's take that thinking process and apply it now to Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8, because this is a formula to leave gossip behind. So if we think about Philippians 4, 4 through 8, now we can begin to see a real, true, legitimate, godly solution based on what James already told us. And now this is a practical application, and this is all very, very positive. So Jonathan, we're going we're to look at this now, these next few verses, and say, okay, We've put the idea of gossip away. Now what do you replace it with? And the answer is Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Let's go to verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. All right. So if our rejoicing is truly in the Lord, and our words will be provoked to reflect that, rather than reflecting things that create damage and pain, you can tell... If you are rejoicing in God's word, God's wisdom, and God's way through Jesus by what you say to others. And if you are speaking things that are not positive and not beneficial and can be hurtful and misunderstood and you're adding to things and you're speaking half-truths and all of those things, you are not rejoicing in the Lord. And maybe you go to church on Sunday and you raise up your hands and you're all full of rejoicing, but if on Monday you go to work and you're doing that, you know what that's called, Jonathan? Hypocrisy? Yeah, that's what it's <laughs> called. I, I, sorry to say it, but that's what it's called. Let's not fool ourselves. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. If that's driving us, then our life, our actions, our reactions will be different. Okay, good enough, right? That was just verse 4. Just wait well, we, now. We've got more to come. All right, right. verse 5. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be gentle of spirit. Your words will fall in line with that gentleness. Because Jesus was gentle, we need to emulate that, and that means we're close to him. Our heart is in tune with that. And you know, gentleness doesn't know how to gossip. It really doesn't, because gossip is a, an affront to others in some way, shape, or form. It's an affront. Gentleness doesn't do that. Gentleness says, I want to be kind. You, you know, it reminds me of we, um, Trish and I went in the last few days, we were down in Virginia. We went to see our son Tim and his wife Sharon and our granddaughter Adriana. Oh, wow. Who's about ten, 10 months old. And, you know, she's just a little, little baby. She's the cutest thing you've ever seen. I'm just telling you. But that's not why I'm bringing this up. <laughs> but one of the things about a small child is they don't understand gentleness. You know, and their arms are flailing around. And, and you hold them and they smack you in the head. And they smack <laughs> you in the face. And what you have to do is you have to take that, that little, little hand and say, do nice, do gentle. And you rub the hand on your cheek. So they get used to the idea that when they're touching your face, they do it with gentleness. A baby can be taught that. Can we as adults be taught the gentleness of spirit in the same way? You know, that, that's what this is about. Be gentle of spirit. Okay, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Now, you know, Jonathan, in, in some of the 
uh, drivers of gossip. It was about our own ego, our own expectations, our own life, our own stresses. This says be anxious for nothing because you need to put everything by prayer and supplication into a, its proper perspective. So be prayerful and not overwrought regarding life. Telling God rather than others rarely leads to gossip. I mean, do you ever say to somebody, hey, guess what I was telling God the other day? You know? <laughs> and then you say something bad? <laughs> no. No way. <laughs> so if we're telling it to God, we're, we're, we're putting it in a respectful fashion, in a gentle fashion, in a rejoicing fashion, in a prayerful fashion. And gossip can't live that way. It can't exist if that's where we are focusing our hearts and our minds. So that's uh, verse, uh, verse 6. Uh, now verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasseth all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, so it's interesting because it went, it, it went from being anxious for nothing and prayer and supplication, and it says you, when you, when, with thanksgiving you let your requests known to God, the next point is there's the peace of God. So if you stop being anxious about your life and by prayer and supplication you lay things before God, what he gives you back is peace. And the peace he gives you is not like the peace you're going to get anywhere else. That's the, for sure. The verse says it surpasses all comprehension. And it's going to guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So if God's peace guards your heart and mind then your words can only come from a place that is sanctified. Because God's guarding it. And if God's guarding it, the words aren't going to be bad. That's right. Set apart for a holy purpose. That was, that's what it means to be sanctified. No gossip can live in that kind of a heart where the peace of God passes all understanding. So uh, Philippians 4, verses 4 to 8, Jonathan gives us all of these very positive ways to focus our minds spiritually and if we are really focused spiritually, the words out of our mouth are going to reflect that focus, not the other junk that we've been, we talked about earlier. And then verse 8. A list of wonderful things. Here we go. Ready? Yes. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. And again, these are just like the, your acronym for think. The same, same principle. If you're going to dwell on whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, of good repute, if it's excellent, if it's worthy, dwell on those things. There's no, there's no room for gossip. There's no, and there, you know what? There's no room to listen to gossip there either. That's because your focus, right. Rick, is in beauty and holiness. That's right. where it is. Right. And with such a focus, the mere thought of gossip becomes a bitter and repulsive taste in your mouth. And you said that quote earlier, something about, you know, before you spit your words out, taste them first or something like that. <laughs> you don't want that taste in your mouth. Final scripture, Jonathan, I got a quick comment from an app and then we're going to have to wrap this up. Proverbs twenty four sixteen. For a righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in time of calamity. And, you know, this is an important scripture. A righteous man falls seven times and rises again because as much as we have talked about and put gossip in its place in this program tonight, doesn't mean that you or I is not going to gossip tomorrow. We're going to make mistakes. Right. And the beauty of this is you can make a mistake 
You can realize the mistake by applying the principles that we've talked about here uh, with, with our program tonight, and you can get up, and you can begin to walk again. Because as long as we get up and we, are, we ask for forgiveness and repentant, and we attempt to put godliness in its place, if we keep doing that, Jonathan, eventually it's going to take. Yes, absolutely. It, it might not be tomorrow. It might not be the next day, but eventually it's going to take. Just a quick comment from the app. It's kind of a question. Is gossip a cover for not forgiving? And I think that's a very important, that's a great question. And I think it can be. It can absolutely be a cover. You know, our program last week was all about forgiveness. Mm -hmm. It was all about applying forgiveness. And remember, forgiveness is not releasing somebody else from consequences, but it's releasing us from the consequences of what was done to us by them. They still have to suffer whatever their consequences are. We have no no place to be able to to release them. So it will no longer hold us back. Right. That burden that was held up against us. Gossip can be a result of the bitterness of having been wronged. And it can be an excuse to not forgive. And it's interesting because what gossip would then be doing in that circumstance is it's hanging on to something that it's killing you. But it's hanging on to it and making the problem even worse. So, yes, it can be a cover for for lack of forgiveness. That's a really, really great question from the app. So, folks, as as we begin to wrap this up, It really is all about understanding the value of our words and our thoughts and how we put it all together so that we can, when we speak and when we listen, we can be part of something that's bigger and better than everybody else is. Something that is rare in this world, and that is positive thought, godly thought, godly words godly actions we can deliver godly words we can receive godly words and if it doesn't work one way or the other if we're receiving words that are not godly do we have the courage to stand up and say not here not now i'm not listening to that because there's nothing good to come from it gossip can destroy us we have a choice to be able to put it in perspective and do the godly thing for jonathan and rick and christian questions we hope you've enjoyed being with us tonight We'll be back again next week with another subject. But till then, gossip really does hurt everyone. What are you going to do about it today and tomorrow and the next day? Till next week, think about it.